that last sprint that you put on, if, if you would have had another five yards, you would have got him. Definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. It, and you know that in your mind, right? Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, that was, oh man. When that one got announced, I think it was like a week or a week and a half prior to the games. I knew I was fast in the sled because I was fast 2019. I was like, all right, that's my, that's my jam right there. That's the event I'm going to, going to win. Um, so I was pretty confident going into that one and I wanted to win. I wanted that one bad. I wanted to win it bad. And then, I mean, kind of the strategy going into it. I mean, it was a hundred yard sprint, hundred yard sled, a hundred yard sprint, just that for time. Um, so I, I sprint that first hundred yards, probably like 90% of my capacity. And I knew that it came down to the sled. So, I mean, crushing everything I had to get that sled done. And it was, me and Matt had a sizable lead over everyone else. And I think he got over the line like half second before me and then was like what, five yards ahead of me or something going into the last sprint. And it was just, I think he was still five yards ahead of me going into the 50 yard mark. So we had 50 left. And then I just noticed him starting to slow down and I was just trying to close the gap. And that pretty much gave, I gave everything I had. And if, if my chip timer was on the other foot, I would have beat him. But, I mean, that's my own fault. The whole time before the event, they're like, you got to get the chip time over. That's all that matters. And But your mid-stride, you can't really decide what leg's going to go over, you know. Hi, my name is Scott Schweitzer, and I am the Clydesdale. My friends Amy Rudowski, Charlie Yodi, Kat Shear, love fitness as a sport as much as I do. We are all 40-plus Masters Age athletes who give all we have to lead a healthy, active life. We also want to bring you athlete interviews, human interest stories, and all the news surrounding the sport of fitness. If you like what you hear, consider giving us a five-star rating and writing a review. We are also available with full video on YouTube at the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast as well as all traditional podcast platforms. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Clydesdale underscore fitness and friends. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. Hey guys, give a listen to the details of our Road to a 1,000 subscribers free giveaway from RX Smart Gear. That uh, our podcast wanted to get to a thousand subscribers on YouTube. Yeah. When you hit a thousand subscribers. It allows you to do so much more. Uh, you have the ability to go live from different events, things like that. And games weekend, we really wanted to kind of go live and do some commentary of the games, but we couldn't cause we don't have enough subscribers. So I reached out to Dave and uh, he has agreed to sponsor this kind of, giveaway that we're doing in our road to a thousand and that is every time we hit a new century mark we're going to give away an rx jump rope the original rx jump rope you get to pick the colors you get to pick the the thickness of the rope um, but we want to give away a rope every every hundred new subscribers we get the key to that is you have to be a public profile when you subscribe hit that subscribe button if you're public I get to see your name. And so that way we can draw from those names and give away that jump rope every hundred subscribers. And so we are super stoked about this. Uh, We wanted to do something fun with it. And Dave and his team came up with this kind of concept and we're really excited to keep moving forward with that. Yeah. We're excited to help you along with that. And something I didn't tell you, but I might as well, I might as well put it out there. We're going to throw some other little goodies in there. We're not going to say what they are, but, uh, and it may be different every single time, but whoever, uh, whoever wins is going to get some extra little stuff in there. So it should be oh, fun. That's awesome. And so make sure you hit that subscribe button. Tell your friends, tell your family, because the faster we get to the next century mark, the next time we draw for another rope and you're, you're involved, whether you are the first subscriber or the thousandth subscriber, you're still eligible to win uh, in these in these giveaways. So, and now back to the podcast. So, tell us about is this Layton? Yeah, this is Layton. Yep, he just turned six months old. Yep, and he 
he doesn't stop moving except for right after a nap. So, so, just like that. so yeah. how, how was that like training and having a, a six month old? Um, it, it, so a lot of the stuff that it like would affect me for like training and stuff. Um, it didn't because my wife, like at night for my sleep, my wife would get, get up and take care of him. And then, so my wife works too as a teacher, but due to this whole like coronavirus stuff, I mean, she stays home. But when I go and train, I train at my like parents' shops. So, so um, when I'm there, my uh, family takes care of them. So like one of my sisters or my mom or something. So definitely super blessed with that. So, but before we get too far into the interview, um, I'm Scott, and this is my co-host Amy. Um, I'm right the one on. that's been in touch with you by email. Okay. So it's really nice to meet you, Samuel. Yeah, and nice you, to meet you as well. Are you good with Sam, or do you like Samuel? You can call me Sam. Okay. Most people call me Sam. Yep. All right. Um, and for our listeners, this is uh, Sam Quant, uh, the second fittest man in the world, uh, just crowned a couple weeks ago. So we're really excited for him. Thank you. And uh, you actually are one of seven siblings, or you yeah, are one of six? One of six, yeah, one, one of six. six. Mm-hmm. So what is, what is that like? Dude, honestly, uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, we were all homeschooled, too. I mean, shoot, my mom's crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, we were all homeschooled. Um, it was super nice. I mean, we all hang out, and we're all, like, super close and still are super close. So, I mean, super blessed with that. And I really enjoy hanging out with my siblings. Um, I see a lot of other families that, I mean, they're not as close as me and my siblings are. So, I mean, it's, it's awesome, and it's been awesome. And are you the oldest? I am the second oldest, so no, I'm not the oldest. I got an older brother. Okay, cool. And I know you have a couple, a couple of your siblings are actually your workout partners. Yeah, so I work out. I mean, I work out with most of my siblings, like on and off. But I mean, consistently, I work out with pretty much every morning my little brother and little sister. So one of them's, I believe one of them's 20, and then my little brother is 14. And I mean, some people start better start watching out for him because he's – He's getting pretty good. I was going to ask, like, are they, are they getting into that competitive thing or just doing it? Yeah. Um, I think so. Who's competitive right now is my younger brother. I mean, I don't know if you know too much about the open, but there goes, there's like the teen online qualifier master qualifier. So as a 14 year old, like a super young 14 year old, he made it to that qualifier. Um, but I mean, he wasn't near strong enough. He just had crazy cardio. So, I mean, he still made it, which is super impressive. And then, my dad also, he is 57, I believe. So he's in the 55 to 60 and he actually made the qualifier too. So, I mean, definitely some competitive genes running the family. And so it's super exciting for sure. So like I said, little brother's getting super strong. So some people well, better start watching out for him in the next couple of years. And if he's training with the second fittest man in the world, I mean, that's pretty good training. Yeah, point, that yeah. helps too. I mean, after the games I took, I mean, I took a full week off and then Last week, I was doing, like, one workout. I mean, making up fun stuff. So, definitely not hard. And then, like, actually started training again today. And I think he kicked my butt by, like, three or four minutes. So, he keeps me humble, too, for sure. <laughs> so when, stuff. So, when that competitive season hits, are you just as excited for them as you are for yourself? Oh, definitely. I, I mean, sometimes I feel like I'd rather – I'm, yeah, just as happy to see my brother and my dad succeed as, as I am for myself. So, yeah, 100%. It's that's, fun watching them, too. That's really awesome. I, yeah. It's a fun thing to get to know you. And you, you grew up in Mount Vernon, Washington. Yes, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, there's Mount Vernon, and then we actually lived in, like, Conway. I don't think many people know where it is, but it's, it's right by Mount Vernon. So but, what, yes. what side of Washington? Is it the, that coastal side, or is it more the mountain side? It is more, it's pretty close to the mountainside. Okay. It's honestly kind of, yeah, it's, it's kind of in between. We live in like a little valley kind of area. It's called Skagit Valley. Okay. And what was it like growing up there? Um, I mean, in Washington, I mean, super pretty, um, always green and stuff like that. Um, I mean, it definitely rains a lot and it's cold a lot of the time, but I mean, the scenery around here is beautiful, but definitely a lot of rain, not too much sun. <laughs> so what kind of sports did you do then growing up um like from like three to 12 years old I mean I pretty much did everything you think of soccer baseball 
basketball. And then when I entered high school, I actually pretty much stuck to cross country, which is kind of weird. I mean, I kind of suck at running now, but I do have a cross country background, did two years of cross country. And I mean, I was decent, like second on varsity or something like that. But I mean, that was 75 pounds ago. So not the best runner anymore, but that's kind of what I did um, before CrossFit. But I did get into CrossFit pretty young. I was like 15 years old or something like that. So um, your wife's name is Elise. Yep. Mm -hmm. And you met her how? Uh, through cross country, actually. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's funny, like high school sweethearts. Yep. So she was a cross country runner. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's cool. Is she yeah, still active? Does she work out or do anything? Yeah. Like that? Um, she definitely, she works out with me usually in the afternoon after work. Um, like three. So she usually tries to join me for one of my afternoon sessions or afternoon, one of my afternoon pieces. And you said she's a teacher. Yeah, she's a teacher. Um, but I mean, like I said, due to the whole virus stuff going on right now, she is working from home, which has been super nice with having a newborn yeah, for me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm still working from home and I'm not a teacher, so. <laughs> there we go. Um, so you have a dog, Nara? Yes, I do, yep. Yeah. And uh, she looks like, is it a she or a he? Yes, yeah, she, yep. Mm -hmm. She looks like she likes to hang out with you as you're working out. So it's almost like mm -hmm. another workout partner. Yeah, so yeah, she goes pretty much everywhere um, with us in the car. Dude, you did your research. <laughs> I, do, I do yeah did you, did you did you see the cat too or no yeah yeah the cat named cow uh -huh. i'm sure you're gonna get to it yeah mm -hmm. yeah the cat named the cat, cow the cat's kind of um got on the back burner since we had layton though so he's he ain't around as much but um they used to ride us with us everywhere and that would get honestly it'd get a little embarrassing um we used to have a like a honda cord that had like a, a sunroof <laughs> and our dog Nara would have her paws like on the center console, head out the window. And then I got this, when I'm driving, I have this fluffy cat just around my, behind my neck, like looking out the window, just right, right on my left shoulder. So, I mean, you stop at stoplights and you pe see people to your left taking pictures of you or videos of you because you got a stinking dog and head out the window in the sunroof and then a <laughs> fluffy cat just on your shoulder. So I know made some people's day with, with that. Got some I interesting heard, animals. I saw some footage with you driving and the cat oh, yeah. around your neck <clears throat> doing an interview, which was very comical. But that <laughs> the cat seemed very comfortable. Yeah, he's super comfortable with that. <laughs> and so for our listeners, how did how did it, you come up with the name Cow for your cat? Yeah, so when he was younger, um, he had um, a couple of black spots on his head. I mean, he kind of looked like a cow a little bit, so... Hence the name cow came from. Yeah, he, uh, people think it's insulting to call him cow now because he lost those black spots and he's just pure white cat. <laughs> so you love animals. You grew up in, a, in, in an area where you, it almost looked like your family was very self-sufficient. Um, yeah. you, you had chickens uh, mm -hmm. where you raised your own eggs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Were there any other animals on the property or just chickens? Uh, oh, yeah, dude. Um, it was like a miniature farm. We got... They got cats, they got dogs, they got chickens, they got ducks. At one point, they had a couple pigs, bunnies. They got like tortoise too right now that I didn't take. <laughs> it was my tortoise, but I didn't want to take it, so it's still there. Um, and those things yeah. live forever. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think I bought that like five years ago, and they're like, oh, it'll live to be 50 years old. I'm like, okay, hopefully I outlive this thing. We'll see. <laughs> If not, Layton's got a companion. Well, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and then you have an efficient, uh, an affection for ducks. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's kind of kind in, of in your my little thing. home gym. You have ducks kind of painted mm -hmm. and yeah, and around. <clears throat> yeah, we got some ducks drawn on the wall. We got like a duck box jumps, and there's some like decoys that are up on that on a little shelf thing so yeah definitely like when i was younger that was the thing that i took care of my older brother took care of the chickens and i took care of the ducks which kind of my older brother would like sell the chicken eggs and i don't know if people know but ducks don't lay very many eggs so they're mostly just for fun so i didn't get much money out of that <laughs> short end of the stick yep exactly so um i i saw a, a post you made um, I think it was at, at the age of 15, or age of 15, you mm -hmm. had, had the goal that you wanted to podium at the CrossFit Games. 
I mean, that was the whole goal. I mean, when I started this, so yep, hundred percent. And so that would have been like 2011. Yeah. yeah. In the That's infancy the of, I did, so yeah. in the infancy of CrossFit, mm-hmm. how did you find CrossFit and, and make it, make that your goal? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I was doing cross country, um, getting a little bit bored of running to be honest. And then my mom had a friend, I don't know if you know, um, Matt Mo. he, I'm sorry, not Matt Mo. Um, Mo Kelsey, he podiumed in like 2008 or something at the games. I think he got like third or something like that, but, um, she was friends with him and then they kind of, my mom said I would like the CrossFit thing. So I went and hit a class and kind of got hooked ever since. That, that's that's quite the drive for a 15-year-old. Yeah, that's just kind of how I've always been, though. I'm always looking for challenge and being good at sports. I mean, super competitive, so kind of had to fill that somehow. And a lot of the athletes we talk to, they come from like a gymnastics background or a swimming background. And really, I've never heard anybody just say cross-country. Mm-hmm. But you were you were doing CrossFit really from the age of fifteen, so you yeah. made the first big time foot podium finisher to go from CrossFit to CrossFit. Yeah, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. It is kind of interesting. I have, I've had a couple people mention that, like one of the first ones, to, like start super young and not have like a background and whatever you know, weightlifting or yeah, like you're saying. So yeah, it's, it's definitely pretty cool for sure. Well, and if. Dave Castro has been espousing that that is the wave of the future. It's no longer going to be the gymnast switching over to CrossFit. It's going to be someone who has been CrossFitting since they were little hitting the podium in the future. And so Mm -hmm. you're kind of that first person to do that. It may be, there may be a wave coming, which is pretty cool. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think it's really cool. And I mean, the, I mean, the sports obviously getting bigger. um, So yeah, I think that, that's going to how it, and it's going to how it has to be in the future. People are going to have to start young to be able to compete in it. So, and then since 2017, you've been in the top 20 in the open. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yes, I believe so. Um, I don't know about two, I think so in 2018, I just had, after the open, I ended up having surgery on my knee. I don't remember how I did in the open that year. I think it was somewhat decent, but yeah. yeah you were, you were top 20. Okay, cool. Didn't even, didn't even think about it. <laughs> so, speaking of that, I want to ask you about that in 2000. Yeah. So, we have something in common because I also had knee surgery in 2018. Okay. So, what was yours? A meniscus tear? Yeah, it was a meniscus tear, yeah. So, what I'm hearing is there's still a chance for me to podium. There we go. Heck yeah. Uh-huh. 100%. <laughs> I might be 42, but I still feel like there's... Let's go. Heck yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. Let's go. I like it. I don't like it, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> What'd you do to tear your meniscus? Uh, I was actually coaching a class and I was doing a PVC pipe thruster. <laughs> no, it, 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 oh, okay. um, it was just, they said, um, I had just done a workout before where it was heavy mm-hmm. thrusters and box jumps and they just think that the over wear and tear. Um, Got you. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of a deal. Yeah. So what was that recovery like? Man, uh, I mean, there's a whole, like, story to it, to be honest. Um, so uh, before the 2017 regionals, I had hurt my back just, like, picking a dumbbell up. I didn't know how bad it was, but it was, like, three weeks out from regionals. So I kept training for regionals <clears throat> and got through regionals. I got second, qualified for the 2017 games. And then, I mean, back was still bugging me, training for the 2017 games. And you know how it is, kind of like you start compensating and stuff. So then – Hurt my knee probably like two weeks before the games. Um, I mean, kept going. I mean, and then did the 2017 games. Obviously, didn't get, didn't do how I wanted to. I think I ended in 20th. And then I kind of figured out what was going on with the knee and the back. And my back actually was like a hairline fracture, which had, at that point after the games, my back wasn't bugging me too much because I don't know why, but ended up having a hairline fracture in my back and then a torn meniscus. So, the doctor said that, I mean, the meniscus could heal its own. So I kind of tried to, I did like PRP, tried to do everything I could instead of having surgery because I just didn't want to. Um, and then it got to the point after the 2018 Open training for regionals, I just couldn't do it anymore and decided to have surgery. And then the recovery took quite a while, to be honest. I don't think I was like 
doing everything and feeling like 100% until like six months before the 2019 games. So I knew, I mean, I still got 13th in the 2019 games, which was sweet, but I knew that the 2020 games would be, I mean, obviously a lot better because I would have full year training kind of a thing. So there's a whole kind of backstory. I mean, a lot of people are surprised at how the 2020 games went for me getting second, but a lot of people don't know exactly what I had to go through to get there kind of a thing and how it was. That'll make sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And it kind of leads into, uh, I would look at your career as a whole. One, mm-hmm. you've been underrated ever since you came in, but at 20 years old, you make the games mm-hmm. and finish top 20, 16th. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As a rookie at the age of 20, how you went unnoticed makes is hard for me to believe. Yeah. Th- then 17 comes and you have that little setback. You're still top mm-hmm. 20. Yep. Um, but not quite as good as you did your rookie year. And then yep. the 18 year off. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there's, I mean, there's a reason kind of why I, was, I don't know if necessarily say a reason, but the whole like sophomore year slump and then took a year off. So, I mean, people might've thought it was done. I don't know. So I've always kind of been, what you call it underrated or not spoken about much the whole career. So, I mean, it's nothing new to me, to be honest. And like it, it doesn't say that again like a silent killer you know it's like yeah exactly i'll been, take it yeah <laughs> and then silent, so you, you come back in 19 as you described mm-hmm. and you take 13th yep. after coming off knee surgery mm-hmm. uh and that was a wild year like nobody yeah. even knew like how to qualify uh-huh. nobody knew what the season was going to look like and then it's you get there and it's the year of the cuts mm-hmm. and, and you make it all the way to the last cut mm-hmm. And, and how no. close was that actually, like point-wise? Did you have a shot at making the top 10 or? Um, yeah, honestly, I think I went into the sprint in 12th. Um, so that when I got cut, I mean, there was that like sprint. So I think I had, I don't know, I don't know, I remember the points. Um, <clears throat> so I can't remember how close it was, but I think I ended up getting like 11th on the sprint and then it bumped me like back one spot, but. Yeah, I mean, I know everyone's kind of upset about the cuts. I mean, obviously, I felt like I knew, I was pretty confident if I was able to continue the weekend, I would have got in that top 10. But, I mean, it's my fault for not get, being there when I should have been. So, it is what it is for that. And then, of course, 2020 uh, turns out a lot better. And we'll get into that in a little more detail yeah, in a little yeah. bit. But uh, you are working with Comtrain. Yep. So I know that your coach is actually, um, is Harry. Yep. So how does that work? When you go to Comtrain, do they assign you a coach or do you pick a coach from their, their group? Um, how it worked was, I mean, I just emailed Comptrain like their generic email and told them I was looking for a coach. And then I think Harry's the one that responded and just that's who I was with. And, I honestly wouldn't have it any different, to be honest. Um, he's been an amazing coach, and he was definitely um, part of my success for this year, 2020, with helping me mentally, I mean, strategizing and programming. And, I mean, he's done taken on the role of a lot more than just, I think, a normal coach does. So it's been, it's been a, definitely a blessing working with him. I've, I've actually heard amazing things about him yeah, um, as a coach. Mm-hmm. And he's actually their main programmer, isn't he? I believe so. Yeah, I think he is. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, our gym actually does comp train as well. Oh, right on. Like, the, yeah, that's cool. Like the open programming or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I know they, they always have good stuff for sure. So you've built a good relationship with Harry. And how long yeah. have you been with him? Uh, about a year and a half, I think. I think I started working with him a couple months before the – 2019 games, so been been about a year and a half. Yeah, and so um, I want to kind of talk about going into this games, right? You you do phase one, and you kind of surprise everybody and uh, finish in the top five. But mm-hmm. for you, I mean, your goal was finishing top eight. Yep. Which which is a weird goal. Most people say I top know. ten or top five. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But you, you went top eight, and yep. you did better than that. You actually yep. finished fourth. Yep. Um, and so so you make it to this unique CrossFit Games where only mm-hmm. five people are there. Mm-hmm. And for someone who has flown under the radar for four years, now is getting a ton of exposure. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely weird for sure. So, so what was that like for you? Did did you? Because I I know like I saw you on a hundred podcasts right before mm-hmm. the games. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that like going through all that? Shoot. So um, yeah, like after stage one, after um, got top five. Yeah, I was getting hit up by a lot of people to do a podcast, and I tried to do pretty much as many as I could. Um, pretty much to get my name out there, get a little more exposure than I have. So, so that's for that. And then once we got to the games, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, it was kind of weird with not having really any crowd. So it wasn't too, too crazy to be honest for that kind of stuff, but, um, definitely like Instagram blowing up, um, and stuff like that. But having, I'm sure we're going to get into a little more, but having the top five there was, um, was super cool. I mean, got to know the know the athletes a little better i mean we got to talk to them a bunch we had like a 40 minute drive to the um, ranch and a bus every time um so we had to talk a bunch it was it was pretty cool and and then you finished second which is a very large payout for mm-hmm. for a guy that that doesn't do a lot of sanctionals and uh has flown under the radar it's a six-figure yep. payout yeah let's go yeah. <laughs> all about yeah. that yeah so that's that's pretty awesome as well and and with the the growth of the sport and hopefully with eric rosa behind it it's going to continue to grow and those payouts will keep going to where you can be Mm -hmm. a professional athlete yeah definitely definitely i mean hopefully i think think with eric it's going to move in the right direction 100 percent. and hopefully i mean everything keeps increasing fan base prize payout all that kind of stuff And so is that your goal is to be just a professional CrossFit athlete? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, at this point, yeah, definitely. Um, awesome. Yeah. And I think it's definitely possible for sure. So I'm going to backtrack to 2016 uh, in the, stu- in the StubHub center, double DT rookie year mm-hmm. on the floor and you kill it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get your first games win in your rookie season. What were the emotions like in that, in that StubHub Center. And it was the last time that we were going to be there because they moved to Madison. Yeah, I mean, um, 2016 was an awesome experience. I had a great time. Don't really have any complaints about that. But, um, yeah, going to DT, um, honestly, I felt like crap. I think we had Murph before it. So uh, I honestly didn't look around too much where everyone was at. I mean, I could hear the announcers, but I just kept doing my thing for DT, like 11 deadlifts and then hand clean, strolled it overhead and broken. And I think I was in the third heat. So I still had one more to go. Um, so finished that knew I got first in my heat, but then went back to like the warm up area to watch everyone else go. And I'm like, well, there's freaking Scott Panchik. There's Matt Frazier. All those guys are probably gonna be my time. And then when, uh, ended up, um, winning it, um, obviously it was super sweet. It was, it was dope for sure. Um, yeah, that was a awesome experience and one I'll remember forever. Yeah. I'm, I hope you have pictures from that event. Oh um, yeah. You, could, you can uh-huh. put up somewhere someday. Cause that was, that was super cool. Yeah, no, it definitely was sweet. And, and would you consider barbell cycling to be your jam or? Um, y- yes, I like, I like cycling, uh, moderate to heavy barbell for sure. Um, I think it was mostly I was able to make my money on those hand cleans, you know, the, the bounce them off my quads. I mean, it's kind of hard with the short bar. So I don't think too many people did that, but that's how I was able to make my money. I think. Awesome. So let's move to 2020, you know, you, you make it to this final five thing mm-hmm. and, uh, and you go out to Aromas, you get to, to go out to the ranch and you got to go to the ranch in 16, right? Uh-huh. Yep. So mm-hmm. you're, you're coming back rookie season. You get to go to the ranch. Now this season, you kind of full circle, you're back there uh, yep. to try to be top five or maybe even on the podium. And so I saw you do some Instagram posts uh, kind of about some of the events and I, and I just yeah. wanted to talk through some of them. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you posted something about the corn sack sprint mm-hmm. and you took second on that Yeah. and you described kind of the ascent up the hill. Yeah. And as mm-hmm. you go, how everybody's either falling off and, and how you felt as you went up the hill. And there's yeah. a point where you're like, then it was just Matt and I, and yep. we're out in the lead and we get three quarters of the way and my legs are dying. There's nowhere really <laughs> else to describe it. Um, yeah, like I said, to get like three fourths the way up and it's just me and Matt. And then Matt starts 
jogging. I mean, I started jogging too to try to keep up with him. And then legs literally just were, I don't even know how to describe it. Like the quads felt they were like shutting down, like it was going to, they were going to stop working. And I mean, I've had like my quads blow up on assault bike all the time, but I've never had it like crap. I don't, it's like the next step. I don't know if I'm going to be able to, to move them. Um, so I'm definitely glad that a couple of times I looked over my shoulder and no one was really close. So I was able to just do what I needed to do to get up that hill and finish in second. But that was definitely a interesting experience. Yeah. The, uh, mental fortitude had to be, play a big role in that. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so then the next one I kind of looked at was your CrossFit total. Yeah. And how you kind of, you almost kind of beat yourself up because you, you went a little conservative in your strategy. Yeah. Um, honestly, just for the, just the squat. Um, but looking at it now, um, I don't think I've really changed too much for people that don't know. I went on the squat. We had three attempts. I went 425, 445, and then 460. My first attempt 425 felt fine. Um, my 445 kind of felt heavy. So I was not going to make a big jump just because I mean, don't want to risk missing it. And then my 460 felt like the easiest out of all of them. So I, I should have went heavier. Um, yeah, that's for that. The other lifts were, my other lifts were about perfect. Um, just failed my left dead, last deadlift, big jump on that. Yeah. I love that event. I, I, it's yeah. like as a Clydesdale, cause that's the name of my, of our show here is the Clydesdale fitness and friends. Yeah. Um, the total is my thing. That's my jam. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's your total? Only, uh, I, I, well, my squad is like around you guys. I'm like 470. Okay. Shoot. Um, okay. Okay. Got and me on then that. my, my strict press is about 215. Yeah. Okay. And then, yeah, and then that. my, my deadlift isn't great. And I, okay. and I can't, I'm coming off a of back procedure. So that, oh, that okay. is where I would probably lose out. What's the most you'd ever hit on deadlift? Uh, back in the day, I've, I've deadlifted 500. Okay. Okay. That's, that's um, definitely impressive for sure too. But now I'm, I'm, I'd be worried doing 400 probably. Gotcha. I mean, you gotta be smart with that back. Also, yeah. you're, you're 50. What's that? I said also you're 50 now. I am 50 now. <laughs> so I, I got the old man dad, dad strength. Hey, there we go. That's the best right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then uh, I want to talk to you about the ranch loop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, not a great finish for you. Nope. Mm -mm. Um, as a former cross country runner, do you, did your old cross country coach call you? Say what the heck happened there? No. I'm, too, I'm, I'm friends with my cross country coach coach's son so i'm sure at some point i'm gonna go over to his house and man yeah that's pretty sad <laughs> cross country weren't freaking running those huge hills though <laughs> but yeah that didn't that obviously that event did not go my way yeah all right so then then we have happy star kind of redemption on the running up the hill a little bit mm -hmm. uh, but we had some we had some weight and some burpees uh, and you did well, second place. Yep. And actually, mm -hmm. that kind of started like a little run for you. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's probably 100%. what put you on the podium. Yeah, that little the little run for sure. Yeah, Happy Star. Um, when Dave told us what it was, I think we had like a half an hour. Um, half an hour. Well, he told us like a half an hour in advance of what it was. I honestly, thought it was stupid. I didn't want to do it. Um, I was not looking forward to run up the hill. Um, and thrusters. I mean, thrusters are whatever, but after talking to my coach, we kind of had a strategy of being aggressive up the hill. And then, I mean, just you recover on the downhill and recover on the burpees and then just get through the thrusters. So that event, I think I started in the lead for the first two rounds and whatever, Matt Frazier caught me, what's new. And then um, I think on the very last round, I think Noah caught up to me and me and Noah got to the burpees about the same time finished the burpees about the same time, which kind of sucked because I was like, great. There's just 11 thrusters at 165 between, I mean, me and him were head to head. So I was like, all right, fast walk over there. As long as I pick it up before him, I'm pretty confident I'd get it unbroken and, and just sent it. That, that one, that's the last set of 11 thrusters hurt real bad. And I mean, I'm sure, I don't know if you saw or not, but it was laying on the freaking sand after that. One, <laughs> I was in, I was in some pain after that workout. I want, I wanted, I wanted a good finish on that one for sure. Yeah, I think the commentator said you didn't care about your hygiene at that moment. Yep, and my wife's reminded me a bunch about that. <laughs> There'll be a bunch of videos on that. <laughs> so I got to ask, the burpee over the bar, 
yeah. you know, it was, it's higher than like a barbell, but it was yep. lower than like, um, like lifting blocks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was kind of an in-between thing. How did that affect you or didn't it? It didn't affect me. Honestly, the burpees were the easiest part of that whole workout. The, the getting over that didn't make no difference. It was, it was pretty easy. Yeah. Didn't even have to think about it. All right. So then on to your best event of the weekend, swimming stuff. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so I, I heard you kind of describe it as you, you got to the pool and you didn't really know what was going on and you saw yeah. all this stuff there. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to figure it out in your head. And then when Dave kind of explained it, you weren't sure how you were going to do in the event at all. Yep. 100%. So, so walk us through, walk us through how you started to feel during. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, I mean, it was a salt bike swim, GHD slam ball. Um, like you said, I had no idea how it was going to go. I hadn't got to test my swimming since like 2017. Um, and I wasn't a great swimmer back then, but I mean, working on it a ton, but yeah, during that workout, um, it was all about the assault bike. Got through round one just fine. I think me and Noah are about headed, finished at the same time. And then coming back, ending on the assault bike hurt pretty bad. I think me and Matt were done at the same time. And then that third round, um, I think I hammered the assault bike. And I think I was like five or seven seconds ahead of everyone off the assault bike. And yeah, so I hammered the assault bike and I think I like, took like a, I mean, it felt like two seconds before I like jumped in the water. But I mean, when I look on the video, it was like a half second. So I definitely kind of like composed myself before jumping in the water because I was starting to feel it. Yeah. So anyway, got done with round three looking. I knew I was in the lead um, coming down to the last round. But dude, the assault bike and my stomach don't always mesh very well. Um, so yeah, finished round three. And before starting round four, um, I was honestly just going to try to, I was trying to find a a spot at the other end um, to throw up because I mean, it was coming up and that, that event, I think hurt the worst out of any of them that weekend, that, that event hurt really bad. I think I've heard Noah and I don't know about the other guys, but I know I said that one hurt real bad and probably the worst one. So did, did you throw up or was it just the big burp on camera? Chief told us he threw up. What's up? The chief told us you threw up. No, I didn't throw up. It was okay. just that big burp. Okay. I mean, it was, I thought it was coming up. I was surprised because I've thrown up plenty of times from that assault bike intervals. Um, yeah, just that, just the sweet burp. Okay. I know I looked at, um, after that, like half an hour later, I looked at my phone and it was like, you have a hundred um, or 99 plus um, story notifications. I'm like, what the heck? And then I look at one of them and it's just like a meme of me burping. I'm like, oh, great. All right. <laughs> that was that was funny for sure. <laughs> so what is it about interval work? Cause because whenever I do intervals, that's when I want to throw up. Yeah. Like every time it's I do just, fight gone bad, I'm running out the back door. Yep, dude. I don't know. I mean, it's just a lactic acid, heart rate spiked, um, you burn it down and then you gotta recover again. I don't know what it is, but if you throw up, I mean you definitely went hard enough or you ate too soon before. <laughs> so then we move on to like a really exciting event and that is sprint sled sprints yep that last sprint that you put on if if you would have had another five yards you would have got them definitely definitely Mm -hmm. and and you know that in your mind right like yeah oh yeah um yeah that was oh man when that one got announced i think it was like a week or a week and a half prior to the games I knew I was fast in the sled because I was fast in 2019. I was like, all right, that's my, that's my jam right there. That's the event I'm going to, going to win. Um, so I was pretty confident going into that one and I wanted to win. I wanted that one bad. I wanted to win it bad. And then, I mean, kind of the strategy going into it. I mean, it was a hundred yard sprint, hundred yard sled, a hundred yard sprint, just that for time. Um, so I, I sprint that first hundred yards, probably like 90% of my capacity. And I knew that it came down to the sled. So, I mean, crushing everything I had to get that sled done. And it was me and Matt had a sizable lead over everyone else. And I think he got over the line, like half second before me. And then was like five yards ahead of me or something going into the last sprint. And it was just, I think he was still five yards ahead of me going into the 50 yard mark. So we had 50 left and, 
then I just noticed him starting to slow down and I was just trying to close the gap and that pretty much gave, I gave everything I had. And if, if my chip timer was on the other foot, I would have beat him. But I mean, that's my own fault the whole time before the event. They're like, you got to get the chip time over. That's all that matters. And, but your mid stride, you can't really decide what leg's going to go over, you know? So, I mean, it was a definitely exciting race and I wanted that one real bad, but yeah. Photo finish, photo finish your legs cross at the same time. I know. I know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that, dang chip timer i know right but it is what it is it's my own fault so when, so, oh go when, ahead amy when dave announced atlanta what was your first thoughts <laughs> i don't even know to be honest i'm like dang this sucks i'm glad i have second locked up um it was honestly just the the only thing i was really worried about i knew i could get through the handstand push-ups i knew i could get through the pull-ups um but it was the pistols I was not looking forward to doing 200 pistols with a vest. Um, but yeah, when he announced that event, I was like, Oh, great. Well, it just get through this one. I mean, obviously I wasn't dogging it. I was trying to do the best I can. And I mean, I'm, I did terrible on it. The, the really sucky part is my hands. When I got to like 80 pull-ups, my hands just started tearing real bad. And I was, I mean, I was at 80, I had 220 pull-ups left to go. And, at that point, I was doing just them on my fingertips, so that was that was frustrating. But it was what it was. Just had to get through it. Yeah, yeah we we talked to Christy O'Connell, who actually just lives down the street from us, and she's a big fan oh, cool. of the show. Uh, right she tested that workout. Um, she tested the whole weekend, uh, the weekend oh, before, cool. and uh, she said her she ripped early, and she goes, "I'm the biggest baby when it comes to ripped hands." Yeah. And I just, I had to decide, do I want to be in pain staring at the bar or be in pain on the bar? And yeah. I just said, let's get through it. Yep. Don't really have another choice. I mean, I honestly, once I ripped, I, I just tried to not look at them and not show them to anyone. Cause there's no reason to just, just try to get her done. Uh, are they recovered today? Yeah. I mean, you can kind of tell, I mean, where they ripped. Yep. Oh. Yeah. They're, they're pretty much recovered. I did some toast bar today and they were all right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So you finished Atalantia. It's not your greatest event. You finished fifth, but you know, you have second locked up. And yep. as long as you can finish, you've met the minimum work requirement yep. mm -hmm. and you're going to be on the podium. Yep. What's going through your head at that moment? Um, that, I mean, when I was finishing Atlanta, yeah. um, it, I was definitely like excited. I mean, it was a crappy way to kind of cap off the weekend, <laughs> but um, I mean, it, how cool would have been if it was a sled sprint to cap it off. But um, obviously I was happy. I mean, I did the work to get second. So no, no complaints really. I mean, other than, yeah, just a sucky way to finish, but I was definitely stoked after it was done because you had to finish it to get on the podium and I got her done. So that's all that mattered. And so then you kind of had, they're getting everything ready for like, to put up the podiums and make the, the official mm -hmm. announcement and all that kind of stuff. And so what's kind of going on behind the scenes is they're getting all that ready. Are they uh, letting would, other people on the ranch or are they? Oh yeah. yeah. So, I mean, my wife and son got to come to watch the last event. My wife and son weren't allowed to like be there at all. Um, they actually stayed at a friend's house that was really close to Rome, which was pretty sweet, but they were they were able to watch that last event watch the podium and stuff so that was definitely cool i mean there wasn't really too much of an announcement who got on the podium um at least i don't think so i was in medical getting my hands taped up so they had to come get me when they said they brought like my second place sh shirt down and stuff like that and then had to go run up to the podium but other than that i know i know they like announced matt and tia and then i didn't really see any of the rest of it yeah i think they just they put the podiums up and then kind of had you all run out with your shirts on and then gave, okay. gave you the medal um but you, so you were in medical the whole time that was happening. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think I saw them like raise Tia and Matt's hand and then, and then medical grabbed me and we just kind of taped up my hands and did whatever we needed to. And then ran up and did the whole podium thing. Awesome. Yeah. And then, so how did you celebrate? Um, didn't do too much Sunday night. I think, well, we had to go like a, we did like a CrossFit dinner with Eric, which was super sweet. Um, had some good food. 
And then I think kind of we got home like Monday night and we did a little like family dinner thing to celebrate on Tuesday. And then I've been to a couple of different uh, my friend's house to celebrate. So I've celebrated multiple times. So <laughs> ate plenty of junk food and crap these past two weeks. So definitely celebrate it out. I'm done with it. It's, it's all good. So we, we've talked to a couple of people that were there, uh, a couple of coaches, uh, Matt O'Keefe. And they said there was a different vibe this year in comparison to other years. Yeah. And whether that was because Eric's um, leadership changed that around. And, and um, I mean, they said it certain ways. I'll let you kind of describe it. But they said there's yeah, a different um, vibe um, there altogether. Yeah, I mean, definitely a different vibe because, I mean, all the all of CrossFit staff the whole time. I mean, in years past, I feel like CrossFit staff the staff is so stressed out because they have so many people. They have to have them lining up for heats and get get everyone where they need to be. And I mean, just with the ten people, I think it was a lot easier for them. So that was nice. I mean, like I said, we got to chat with them, got to go know even know the CrossFit staff a little better. And then like on the bus, we're all chatting with each other. So I definitely enjoyed. Um, the top five men and women. I mean, since we got to know each other a lot more and talk to them. So definitely a lot cooler of an environment than it has been in the past. And Eric actually did some of the workouts after yeah, the day. Yeah. And we probably wouldn't have saw that with our old CEO. No, no. Uh, yeah. I think <laughs> I saw Eric. I think the first time I saw Eric was like Saturday afternoon, right before happy star. And then him and the buttery bros went and did happy star. And I was like, dang, when the dude took a shirt off, dude, Eric is ripped up like holy crap yeah he so he did happy star and then i think he did the last a version of the last workout too which was crazy yeah he is that's super impressive i'm super glad that he is the ceo now yeah the first time i saw him like from afar from the broadcast was he was at the the sprint sled sprint Mm -hmm. uh in the stands kind of watching everything that's cool that's really cool so what was your what was your favorite event from the weekend as just in composition and how it was put together. Um, my favorite event. Um, hmm, I would have to say, honestly, either happy star, just cause like I kind of proved at least to myself how bad I wanted it. Um, or the sled sprint. Cause it was just fun and exciting. So one of those two is kind of a toss up. So awesome. I know you participated in the games before. Um, yeah. But I, I'm curious, did your body feel differently after this year's games than it has in previous years oh yeah because they kind of said this is the hardest games ever um yeah. i'm scared to say it because i don't know who's all going to listen to it but i think this is the least sore i've ever came out of a games um yeah um i would say uh well maybe I, I, we're in such great shape this year that you were... okay let's go with that let's okay, yeah exactly. exactly that's what it is <laughs> um i would say like 2016 was probably harder than this year um I mean, definitely there was like the the last workout was super hard. Never done a workout like that. That was gnarly, but I wouldn't say it was like the hardest games. So I wasn't, I think by like it, what wrecked my, my body was the, the sandbag run made my quads sore all week. And then the max deadlift made my back sore. I think those are the really only two sore things after the weekend. And by like Tuesday that had went away the day, a couple of days after the games. So what do you do when you're off time just to decompress? To get away um, from training and just, just either you and your wife or you alone, just to kind of chill out. Yeah. Um, so I mean, most most the, with my week off, I pretty much did a couple of big projects that had been on the back burner, like patching up, like there was a hole in our wall, um, and then like some lawn stuff, and pretty much hung out with my son and wife for pretty much the full first week. So that was super nice. Um, yeah, just had some family time that we haven't had in like the last six months because of games training was going on for like six months. And and I know that your wife is really supportive and she does uh, things uh, to help you out and help you be yeah. able to focus on training. Can you yeah. uh, give her a shout out and what she does to help you? Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. I mean, especially at the games, um, like every day she'd come and drop meals off. And I mean, I'm texting her the whole time and she's pretty much the one that's encouraging me. I mean, when I'm doing bad, I'm pretty much talking to her. Um, so she's like helps with my nutrition and making food. I mean, I have a nutritionist that tells me what to eat, but she's the one that's making it, bringing me food and helping me mentally. So, I mean, she's definitely, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be where I am 
hundred percent. She is the the first. I mean, she's been to the games like three or three times as my coach, kind of a thing. So definitely a huge part of her helping. Yeah. All right. I'm going to finish up my questioning with one last yeah. thing. Going into next year, we don't really know what the season's going to be yet. Yeah. You know, we we've heard rumors. We've heard. At, at least we know it's a shorter season. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's going to start in February and end maybe September-ish mm-hmm. uh, at the latest. So how, what are your plans for next year? And I'm assuming mm-hmm. that your goal is now number one on the podium yeah. as opposed yeah. to number two. Yeah. I can only really go up one spot now. Huh? Yeah. I mean, it's a great question. It's hard to, it's hard to like plan out the season because the whole virus thing. I mean, if the virus is not going to be a problem, which it probably is going to be, the plan is to do the open and then hopefully like two big sanctionals um, and then the games. Um, yeah, that's the, that's the tentative plan. I really haven't talked about, I've kind of tried to not talk about it. I mean, not think about it these past two weeks, but that's the general idea at least. And that's, that's our plan is to, to put a crink in your plans <laughs> to make you think about it. There we go. Um, but, in your mind, do you believe, do you believe you can beat Matt? Uh, yeah, especially after this year. Um, 2019, I would say I averaged like a minute and a half behind him. And this year, it was probably like 20 to 40 seconds behind him. I mean, if unless I beat him or right next to him. So, I mean, to beat him at a games, he would have to have some, definitely some mess ups. Um, and I would have to be perfect. But I think, I mean, you're human. So, I think anything's possible, definitely. So yes, that's that's the plan. Let's so go. We, so we like yeah. to hear. <laughs> yeah. Well, Amy, do you have anything else? No. Well, Sam, it's it was really fun talking to you in this little hour we had here. Heck yeah. Um, uh, congratulations on second place and uh, big podium finish, and people finally recognizing the uh, you for the athlete that you are. Yeah, exactly. And I'm glad we, we got will... to talk with Leighton too. Yeah, exactly. He, he enjoyed that too. <laughs> and we'll be rooting for you next season uh, to get that top spot on the, on the podium. Right on. I appreciate that. Definitely nice to meet you guys too. It was fun talking to you as well. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll catch you soon. Hey, right on. Have a good rest of your day, guys. All right. Yeah. You too. Thanks so much for listening. And a special thank you to our sponsor, RX Smart Gear. Head over to rxsmartgear.com for 15% off everything with the exception of special editions and new releases using our promo code. That's Clydesdale 15, all caps. Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale fitness and friends podcast. Remember you can find us now on YouTube as well as all major podcast platforms please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.